Good evening. I'd like to invite you to turn with me over to James, the book of James. We'll be reading from James chapter 2. Over in James chapter 2, we'll see uh, the author speak a little bit about favoritism, the topic of favoritism, favoritism forbidden, especially within the public worship assembly, uh, when, when God's people come together to assemble and to worship, we need to be careful how we welcome our visitors, welcome the people as they come in. And so that's what I'd like to talk a little bit about today. And um hope that you'll be encouraged by this particular section and, and uh, that you'll learn some things that you can hopefully apply in your life, not only within the church, the assembly, our assembly, uh, our public assembly, I should say, for worship, the worship of God, but in just your everyday life, in your home, or wherever you may go. It's important that we learn how to treat people, how to entertain how to uh, be hospitable to one another. The Bible, God, uh, God's Word, He talks a lot about that. It's important that we uh, learn how to be hospitable to one another. And uh, so I think that's really what this is talking all about. So anyways, without further ado, uh, let us pray, and then I'll read, and I want to invite you to read along with me. Lord God, Father in heaven, bless you once again for another day. I pray, Father, that uh, as we read from James, the book of James, that you would fill us all with your Holy Spirit, that, Father, uh, we would be uh, encouraged by your word, that we would be a blessing uh, in our lives, that we, I should say, take what we read and apply it in our lives. In Jesus' name I ask and pray. Amen. James chapter 2 begins by reading, by saying the following. My brothers, as believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ, don't show favoritism. Suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes, and a poor man in shabby clothes also comes in. If you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and say, here's a good seat for you, but say to the poor man, you stand there or sit on the floor by my feet, have you not discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Notice here in this particular section how the author speaks about how we're to treat a man or woman who comes into our public assembly for worship. We need to be very careful how we present ourselves. We need to be very careful 
how we welcome them into our assembly. We don't want to show any type of favoritism toward those especially who are, say for example, happen to be rich. We don't want to show to those who are poor or poorer than those who are rich. We don't want to show to them that just because you're rich, that means that you are better than those who are poor. We don't want we don't want to, we don't want to make those who are within our assembly who are poor feel as if they are lesser than those who are rich. We must understand that God has made it clear that in this earth, as we wait for the return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we are all up under the judgment of God. And God has judged us all as sinners. We have all sinned against God and have fallen short of His glory. The standard which He has set for us as the people of God, we have all failed to meet those standards. None of us are any better than the other. Paul even talks about that elsewhere in the Bible. There is neither Greek nor Jew, black or white, that's basically what he's saying, rich or poorer, rich or poor. Uh, there's no one more, you know, God doesn't judge the outward appearance of humanity, of human beings, he, the per, of everyone is here. God doesn't judge our outward appearances. He judges our hearts. He judges our character. And we need to be the same. This is what basically the author is trying to get us to a place of believing in and trusting in. Or having the type of attitude of that which like is like God's attitude. There is no favoritism, the Bible says, with God. And what that means is, again, that God judges the heart. And he has made it clear that the heart of every man and every woman, every boy and every girl, is wicked. It is evil. Now this doesn't mean that uh, it's beyond being repaired, being fixed, being changed, that is transformed. It doesn't mean that, but the fact still remains that we're all sinners. Romans 3, chapter 3, verse 23 makes this clear. All have sinned. And fallen short of the glory of God. So we need to be careful. How we treat one another. We want to treat one another. That is love one another. As in the same way that we love ourselves. We know that 
Oh, we should know, every one of us here should know that we are sinners. And we are only deserving of eternal death. The eternal punishment of God. Each and every one of us should know this by now. And from this, we should be repentant. Knowing this, we should be repentant. That is, sorry for our sins. Sorry enough to seek God, the mercy of God, and ask God for forgiveness. To ask God to forgive our sins. To ask God, to beg Him, not ask, but to beg Him, to plead with Him. Lord God, I'm a sinner. Please forgive me. Have mercy on me. And we should want that not only for ourselves, but we should want that for each and every one that is here today, for each and every person that comes within our assembly, that comes into our realm of influence. We should want the same for them. And so we should treat them that way. Welcome, sinner. <laughs> you know, I chuckle at that, but really that's the fact of it. Welcome, sinner. You're amongst sinners. I'm a sinner. We welcome you. Because here, in the public assembly of God, there is the gospel. The gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. For John chapter 3 verse 16, it tells us, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. That whoever believes in this Jesus, whoever believes in the Christ, will be saved, will be forgiven. That's what it means, be delivered from their sins. God, the world, that's what basically, that's what, we, that's what the world is. It's sinful, the sinful world. And anyone who believes, that Jesus is the Christ. Anyone that believes and confesses their sins to God and begs and is plead for forgiveness, God will forgive. He promises that for everyone who believes. Do you believe? And this is what you want. And this is what we should want for those who enter into our public assembly. We should want them to want that too. And so we treat them with, with this, this, this love that God has given us. Not only a love for Him, but a love for each other. A love, for each, a love that says, you know what, I care about you. I care enough that I want for you to be forgiven, to have your sins forgiven like me. I, you know, I have to admit, I think sometimes we take that for granted. We don't take it seriously enough that God is a merciful God. And But yet, God 
also is a just God. And he must judge sinners. He, he, listen, God would not be a just God if he allowed every one of us to get away with sinning against him. And not be punished. I don't, I don't know about you, but I, I don't want a God like that. I don't want a God that would allow me to get away with my sins or get away with sinning against him, never disciplining me, never telling me that, you know, I'm, I'm wrong for what I'm doing when I'm hurting someone or harming someone, whether it be uh, in, in any kind of way. I don't care what it is. If it's just simple, simply being angry and, 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 and so forth, and uh, wrongfully angry, I should say, I don't want God to let me get away with that. Do you? Do you feel that way, brother, sister? Do you feel that way? I hope so. And, you know, so when people come into our, our presence, when we're worshiping God, we, we want them to know that too. That we, we, we have been changed, transformed, beginning with the inner person. You know, don't get me wrong, it's okay to want to dress finely and to dress fine and to, to look to look uh, presentable. We want to do that. But that's not what's most important to God. What's most important to God is how we think about God, how we think about ourselves, how we how we feel about the things that we do, how we treat one another. That's what's important to God. Are you with me? Now I'm going to continue to read. Verse 5. Listen, my dear brothers. Has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom he promised those who love him? That's you. That's you. You have been chosen by God. Not because of what's in your bank account. Not because of how you look. But it's, he chose you a sinner. Unworthy of his favor. Only worthy of and deserving of his eternal punishment. He chose you. Verse 6, but you have insulted the poor. We've all insulted the poor. That's basically what the author is saying here. We have all done something that has insulted someone. We have all said something to someone that has really deeply hurt them. Sinned against them. In some way, we all have done that. Again, go back to Romans chapter 3, verse 23. All have sinned. And what that means is we have all done something wrong against our brother or our sister or neighbor. 
We have all done something wrong. In some way, we have broken the commandments of God, which is very clear. Just think about it. There's so many commandments that we break from day to day. And how do we feel? How do you feel when you break those commandments? Do you feel sorry? Do you feel bad? Because if you don't, then something's wrong. And you, you want to, you want, listen, you don't want to leave here today especially knowing these things as I'm speaking right now, as the Spirit of God is speaking through me right now. You don't want to leave without confessing your sins to God and begging and pleading Him for forgiveness. Remember, the Bible is clear. Our Lord Jesus can return any time, any moment. And listen, I don't know about you, but I don't want my Lord Jesus to return without me first having had confessed my sins. Anything that he has revealed to me, anything that I know of, I want to, I want to have those confessed. And I don't want to definitely, I don't want when he returns, I don't want to be in the midst, the middle of sinning against someone. That would be so embarrassing to me. How do you feel about that? Do you feel that same way? Well, I sure do hope so. Verse 6. But you have insulted the poor. Is it not the rich who are exploiting you? Are they not the ones who are dragging you into court? Are they not the ones who are slandering the noble name of him to whom you belong? If you really keep the royal law found in scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing right. But if you show favoritism, you sin and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. For he who said do not commit adultery also said do not murder. If you do not commit adultery but do commit murder, you have become a lawbreaker. You have become a lawbreaker. And you got to remember, murder doesn't just mean to kill someone, to take someone's life, it also means to be wrongfully, wrongfully angry at someone. If you, are, if you have ever been wrongfully angered at someone, you have committed murder. Jesus has, he said that himself. And so that's why we have to be very careful how we treat one another and the kind of attitude we have toward one another. I'm begging you, please, take this serious. Take this seriously. Take it seriously. Take what I'm saying seriously. Please, brother, sister. I'm talking to those, especially the new covenant believers in Christ Jesus. For those who are listening right now who haven't yet received Jesus Christ, the, 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 the uh, I should say, not received Jesus Christ, but those who have not yet repented of their sin and have begged God for forgiveness, this doesn't apply to you, possibly. Because you, don't, you just don't know any better. But I want to let you know this, God still 
there are, God still will hold you accountable for how you treat other people. And so you might want to take this opportunity to think about how you treat, want to treat other people as well. I'm talking about non-Christians. Because there's a day that is coming. The Bible talk, our Bible talks about when the Lord Jesus is going to return and he's going to judge you too for what you have done. He's going to resurrect you. Listen, none of us is going to, none of us are going to be exempt from this. On the day that our Lord Jesus returns, each and every one of us, I don't care if you're dead and six feet under or you just died, the Lord Jesus is going to resurrect you and then at that moment and at that point in time, he's going to judge you for what you've done in this life before you die. And if you have sinned, if you have done any of these sins that's written in this Bible, guess what? You're guilty. And you're only deserving of eternal death. And punishment. Real punishment. This is no joke. Now, I want to continue. I could continue on. There's so much more I want to say about this. But I'm going to finish with this. Speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom. Because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Let me repeat that. Verse 12. Speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom. Because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy triumph, triumphs over judgment. What does this mean? God is a merciful God. He's a gracious God. He's a loving God. But he will not allow you to get away with sin against him in any form, any fashion. You will be judged, each and every one of us. That's Christians and non-Christians. You will be judged. And so you want to be careful what you say. And whatever you do say, and you know that it's wrong, you want to repent. You want to plead with God, beg Him to forgive you and be cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Are you, are you with me? Do you, are you following what I'm saying? Listen, the point of this is it's just God, He forbids each and every one of us as Christians, especially in our public worship, to show favoritism to anyone. To anyone. We are to welcome everyone into our public worship, our public assembly, in our homes as, as often as possible. Of course, you know, we need to be careful and we need to be on, a, on alert. You know, we got to be careful. I mean, there's a lot going on, especially uh, from day to day. People are out to, to, to harm us. Of course, we, so we have safeguards for that. But we don't want to get in the habit of excluding people just because of the color of their skin. Or just because of the uh, number of 
digits in their bank accounts, savings accounts, and so forth, or because of how they look. We need to be very careful when it comes to that, those kind of matters. And that's really what this is all about. We don't want to be looking down on other people just because of, uh, you know, they're 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 doing something wrong, sinful. We don't want to we don't want to we don't we don't want to exclude them because of that. We want if anything, we want them to come in and we want to challenge them and we want to we want to hopefully convict them, if not the Holy Spirit, convict them of their sins, so they can repent, have the opportunity to repent and to ask God for forgiveness. You know, I hope this that that. That, that, you know, that's my main point here. Let's bow our heads and pray. Lord God, Father in heaven, bless you once again for another day. Wow, boy, that was, I wasn't expecting to say all those things. But you know, that's, that's the, the wonder of your word it, uh, of your Holy, and of your Holy Spirit. I hope that you have spoken today. And, that I hope, and I hope, Father, that your word enters into the hearts of all those who have heard today. In Jesus' name I ask and pray. Amen.